Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. From the book of Matthew, the 27th chapter, and beginning with the 39th verse, you will find these words so written. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabbathen, that is my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Lord, help us to understand what is written here this morning and what it can mean to us today. Some years ago, there was a modern little ditty, popular song, that the title of was Lonely Boy. And the lyrics of it went on to say something about what the life of this lonely boy was like. Now, if you didn't hear it, you didn't miss anything, let me tell you. But I do not know of a more descriptive type of a title that we could give to the Lord Jesus Christ at this moment within his life than to say of him that he was a lonely man, and indeed he was alone. And how strange this is when you stop to think about it, how strange. How strange indeed when the Lord Jesus Christ came with a burning desire to be the friend of man, to love him, to care for him, and to help him, and to know that now as he lived for man, and even in this situation where we pick him up in the scripture that he is dying for man, and for the most part he was rejected, misused, misunderstood, and all the other things that we can say until at last here we see him suspended between heaven and earth on a cross, nailed there by the very ones he came to minister unto and to help. All these words from the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I do not know of any other words from the cross that can send a chill through a human heart any more than these words. Uh, when you're really looking at what happened and trying to understand what took place. 
It was the most penetrating words, I think, to come from the Lord Jesus Christ. At least there were those at the cross who thought so. Because you remember, one writer tells us, that the soldiers were at the foot of the cross and they were gambling for his robe. And when Jesus cries out in this fashion, you remember this is the thing that broke up the crap game and the gambling there. This is the thing that caused one of the soldiers, as we were told, to jump up and take a reed and put a sponge on the end of it that they had uh, made ready for such an occasion and dipped it in vinegar and pressed it to the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder why. What was it? What happened to this hardened soldier? How did these words penetrate his cold and indifferent heart? Well, he had been through this many times, I'm quite sure. And he had heard the prattle of men dying before. But what was it different about this man that caused him to come alert and to do the thing that he did? And another writer tells us that this is the one and the same soldier that while viewing the Lord Jesus Christ there on the cross, maybe having no other contact with him, but this and this moment, what he heard is the thing that caused him to say to those who were around him that truly this is none other than the Son of God. This is the Messiah. What went on within his heart to cause him to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ the way that he did? Was it that he wanted to hear Christ say more? Or maybe he thought he misunderstood. Maybe he thought Christ would repeat himself in a different way and he would be more perfectly able to understand. We do not know. It's all we know that something about this cry awakened something within his heart and his soul and he jumped to respond to it. There are words that can shock the soul awake if the soul is really listening to what is taking place. This man was different. The rest of them returned to whatever they were doing before the Lord Jesus Christ cried out. Well, Jesus was in a lonely situation to say the least. He was lonely because he was misunderstood. And even here, the crowd misunderstanding and calling for his blood in a way. And even saying to the soldier, don't touch him, don't bother him, don't do that to him. He's calling for Elijah. Well, let's see if Elijah is going to come and save him. Even further mocking here upon the cross. He claimed to be the son of God. Well, leave him alone. Let's see if God is going to honor him and come and take him down from the cross. Well, it's from the very beginning he was misunderstood. Even when he went to dine with his friends. Well, they were an unsavory bunch and there were those who said that he dined with sinners. And we remember that when the Lord Jesus Christ cast out evil spirits, there were those in the crowd that even found fault with this and said, he is in league with the devil. We remember that the Lord Jesus Christ on the Sabbath day healed those who were sick. And we remember that there were those in the crowd who found fault with this and said that he has broken the law. This type of misunderstanding and ridicule is enough to cause a person to stop whatever good they're doing 
and do something else. But here the Lord Jesus Christ keeps on keeping on, even here upon the cross, listening to all of these insults that were hurled at him, knowing full well that he had the awesome power to do whatever he wanted to do, really, and to not do it is an interesting concept, to say the least. Lonely, because he would not compromise his position and the dictates of his own heart and his own soul. Oh, here's where it comes out. You see, wherever Jesus went in the world, and who, whatever group he met with, they were always suggestion changed to him. You're doing it wrong. It should be done this way. If you do it that way, it should be done another way. Well, in this hour and day that you and I live in, we understand something of that, do we not? If we made ever change that the world dictated to us to make, well, we would be a very good chameleon. What do we do about the voice that we hear within the citadel of these hearts and souls of ours? The only way that we can stay on track is to be honest with what goes on within this being, within your being. What is it that God is saying to you? Not necessarily what he's saying to someone else and what he's saying to the world, but what is God saying to you? And what response are you making to that? Well, I can tell you right now, if you do not honor that, my friend, you're adrift. And you will be adrift as long as you live until you come back to the place where you honor what God is saying to you. One of our great preachers, he was uh, old when I was a young preacher. He had a great influence on my life. He was such a, a wise person. In fact, he had a Ph.D. in math. Anybody has got a Ph.D. in math has got to be smart, as far as I'm concerned, when I can't add two and two and make come out four. And he was a great preacher, and I looked up to him as well I should have. had a great influence on my life. But I remember that in his closing years within his ministry, maybe about ten years before he retired, that he had one of our greatest churches out in the state and a great prestigious church. And while he was at that college town church, his son was hit and killed by one who had been drinking. And it had such an effect on this minister that he began to talk about the liquor traffic and those who were involved in the liquor traffic in a town where he was a preacher and it was illegal there. The town was supposed to be dry. And so he talked about the evil of, of alcohol and what it could do to people and, and what it could do to a person. And some of the most respected people and most influential people within that church said to him, said, now, if you don't stop this, we're going to ask the bishop to sign you to another church next year. And so he said to them, he said, well, he says, you might as well go ahead and contact the bishop because I don't intend to alter the way that I present the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fact of it is they did ask for him to be transferred and the bishop did transfer him to another church. Oh, what do you do about that voice that is within you? Do you walk to that drum beat? Are you listening to another voice? Jesus Christ is hanging on the cross because he would not deviate one degree from the call that he heard from God. 
And friend, I want to tell you something. If you listen to what God is saying to you, I can tell you right now it's going to cut across the grain of this world. Be prepared. Oh, be prepared. Be prepared. You're going to know what loneliness is. No different. Lonely. Oh, yes, he was lonely, but he was never frustrated. Oh, he could have been as frustrated as you and I are. But what was it that kept him from being frustrated? Well, there's another thing that worked for the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's the same for him, the same for us today. And that is, you see, the Lord Jesus Christ never became frustrated in life simply because he kept his eye on God and his ear turned to his call. Men can come and go, and groups can come and go, but to be faithful to God remains. Oh, how important this is. My friend, let me say to you, if you have not experienced peace within your life, I can tell you where you can begin to look for it and change your situation completely and totally. And that is, as you listen to the inner call here within your heart, keep your eye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep your eye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the only thing that will stabilize you in a crazy, chaotic world. It is the one stabilizing influence within the world that can be that will hold you on track and hold you steady as you go, regardless of what the storm might be. Oh, it is a fact. It's a fact. I have had those experiences again and again within the church, observing people as they go about their business of living. I'm thinking about one now. I was in a playing ball. She had two strikes against her before she got started. And I wondered if she would ever make it. And I remember that she became such a faithful person within a church. I received her into the Methodist church and received her commitment before God and his people, before the altar. And even then as I did it, I wonder, she's such a sensitive thing. Will she really make it? Or will she become cynical and, and, and fall by the wayside? And then I observed her as she grew in her faith. And I remember that she ran into some difficulty within the church. And people began to, to talk about her. And it came to the place where she came and she said, I can't be effective in this church anymore. Every time we would have a dinner in the church, you could just rest assured that she would be there and she'd be working in the kitchen. Oh, was she ever a cook. Man, was she ever a cook. I don't know why, whether it's her spiritual qualities that I hated to see leave the church or her cooking ability. <laughs> they both are real appealing, you know. Well, anyway, she says, I can't make it here anymore. My influence has been destroyed for the most part, and it had. And part of it, because of her little family and what they'd done, it was true that they had. But you know, I cried for my church. Tragedy. Oh, that church couldn't be without the influence of that person. When she left, we were weaker. Oh, the church went on. It's still going today and will be. But what a tragedy. She went and joined another church. And I reluctantly sent her letter to that church. Oh, a couple of years went by. And of course, I lost count of her pretty much. But then one day in the conference, they had a big meeting at that church and had 
All the dignitaries of the publishing house, some of them were there, and of our, and our national boards, they were there, and we were having some kind of a, a training session. And so and all the preachers and, and the lay leaders and all of us were supposed to be there, and we had a big dinner, and I was there. And I could tell by the way that that dinner was organized, the way it was run, and the food was cooked, delicious. I knew my friend's got to be here. She's here. She's here tonight. She's here tonight. And so after all the meeting was over and, and we had shaken hands with one another and, and said uh, goodbye and all the dignitaries had gone back to their place, I and another person went back into the kitchen to just to see. Sure enough, you should have seen the, the sight back there. I went back to look, to look for this little lady. And there was a big sink. I mean, it was a double, triple thing, you know, and dishes piled up on it every which way. And right in the middle of it, there she was, down in the sink up to her elbows, washing those pots and pans. Here she was. And one said to her, You couldn't hire me to do this. I would not do it. And she turned with a smile upon her face and she said, That's right. This church hasn't enough money to hire me to do it. But I have a Christ to serve. And this is the way I'm serving Him. Look at the cross. And say of Jesus, there's not enough money in this world to cause me to go through that. That's right. I'm doing it for the soul of man. That's the way he was able to do it. It's no different. It's no mystery to it. You see, if you get involved in this situation, lose sight of what you're doing, and you think that you're only here to serve man, you're in trouble. I'll tell you right now what you're going to do. You're going to become cynical and tired and weary and worn out. And you're going to quit just as sure as shooting. But if you've got your eye upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you know that it's he the one that you're serving and the one that you're committed to is him. Well, whether it be at this church or some other church, friend, you're going to be serving. Because you're serving your Lord and because you serve your Lord, we get the benefit of your service. But it can't be the other way around, or you'll get lost. Jesus was able to do what he did because he kept his eye on God. And then the cross became a possibility. Now, Jesus proclaimed a fact. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I do not understand the words. I don't know what they really imply, to tell you the truth. I know they imply a great deal more than I'm able to understand. Maybe it means that here at this place, within his life, that the Lord Jesus Christ was completely alone. Some say that's so. That at this moment, because of our sins and what we have done and what we did do and how we turned our back upon God, and this is a thing that separated him from his God, our sins. That's a possibility. I do not know. It's a reasonable one. Some have said that the Lord Jesus Christ here was simply doing this, not only experiencing loneliness and being alone, but he was doing exactly what you and I would do if we were lingering in death for six hours on a cross, knowing full well that we were going to die that we would be trying to do something spiritual. And probably we would be quoting scriptures. How many people have I been with that knew they were dying? 
even in their last moments, and they'd either be saying the 23rd Psalm or the Lord's Prayer. I remember one friend of mine passed away, and his wife said that over about two weeks' illness, she said when her husband died, that he was humming. The last thing that she heard him say just moments before he died, that he was humming Rock of Ages. Well, it's, it's understandable. And some have said that the Lord Jesus Christ was saying the Psalms. And I think that's a real possibility. He knew the Psalms by heart. And if you start with the first Psalm and go through the 22nd, you will find lodged in the 22nd the very words that Jesus utters from the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And there are those who say that Jesus had reached that point in the Psalm. And when death overtook him. That's a possibility. But regardless of which way you want to look at it, it's a heart-chilling thing to see the awesomeness of sin and what it can do and what it did to the Lord Jesus Christ to bring him to the place where the one perfect person in this world was thought to be evil, so much so that they nailed him alive to a cross. Not because of his sins. The only thing that separated him from his God, if he were separated, was your and my sins, your cause and my cause. Suffered because he loved you and he loved me. He stood alone because he loved you and he loved me. He died, in a sense, alone, with people making fun of him, holding true to the course, simply because he loved you and he loved me. And he would rather die in this spectacle way than to abandon what he knew to be was right and true. Now, after Jesus has suffered all of this, the tragedy that it was, there can be a greater tragedy for you and me today that Jesus has done everything that he could possibly do for us and for you and I to look at it and turn it back upon it. And all that he has done, all the suffering, all the loneliness, all the separation that he felt goes for naught simply because you and I, because of the condition of our heart, refuse to respond to it. Today, Christ need not ever walk alone again because he has you to walk with him. Nor do you need to ever walk alone again simply because you have the Lord Jesus Christ to walk with you. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.